Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are studying chapter 14 of the prophet Jeremiah, Yirmiyahu. We just completed the um, chapter 13 where we learned of the, what I would call the point of no return. Uh, God compared the people to a person that can't change their skin color or a um, an animal, a leopard that can't change its spots. The people were so stuck in their evil ways that they were beyond repair. Nonetheless, the prophet himself is still crying to the people and begging them to change their ways in order to avert the coming disaster. So this next chapter discusses a disaster that occurred sometime during the Presumably, I mean, obviously occurred sometime during the waning days of the kingdom of Judah. Exactly when it happened is not clear. It's not mentioned. And his various scholars try to date it to different places, but it's not that important. Clearly, it happened during one of the, the last three kings' uh, reign, Yehoiachin, uh, Yehoiachim, or Tzidkiah, one of those last three kings of Judah, who were all exiled and all three of them were like the the waning days of the kingdom so sometime during then this terrible drought occurred and that's what we're about to uh, discuss this chapter is referring to i'm reading verse one the the thing about which god spoke with the prophet jeremiah regarding the terrible famine or the terrible drought that had occurred. So the next few verses are just describing the the awfulness and the suffering caused by the drought. Of La Yehuda, the people of Judah are mourning. Ush'areha umlalhu kadrul aretz, and her gates, her her are are um, are are desolate. Kadrul aretz, they have. Uh, people have just fallen to the ground or bowed to the ground. The cries are coming from the city of Jerusalem. The people are crying because of not because they want to be better, uh, which would be nice, I guess, for Yirmiyahu, but no, but because they're unfortunately suffering through this terrible uh, drought and starvation. Va'adirehem and their their the noblemen. Uh, the people and you know the the owners of the fancy houses they sent the younger ones or their servants they send them out to go get water but Ual gave him and they went to the um the gave him the the cisterns or the the places where water would usually collect and Lomatsumayim they could not find any water. Shavu Khalehemrikam and they come back with empty vessels. Boshu Vihachlmu they are shamed and, and embarrassed. Vihafuro Sham and their heads are 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 bowed in shame. The, the image of the servant sent on a mission and he goes all around to every place to find water and can't find anything. because the ground is 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 destroyed it's parched there hasn't been any rain in the land the farmers are all in shame they all their heads are all bowed because they cannot produce anything and in a society where honor comes from 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 money and when honor comes from earning a living then when one cannot grow crops they have shame 
imagine a society that sh- we should have rahmanut, we should have pity, we should have mercy on the farmers that can't. But in this society, as corrupt as it was, when the farmer didn't have produce, the people looked at him as if it was his fault and there was shame. Uh, the same thing with the servants. Obviously, it's not their fault that they couldn't find water, but they come back to their masters and they're shamed because they can't produce the water and the masters look at them as if it's their fault. That's how corrupt the society was. But the drought is so bad that even the the ayelet, um, the the, the um, antelope or the gazelle in the fields, Yaldov Azov, she she gives birth and then forsakes her baby because she has nothing to feed her. Kilohoyadesha, there is no grass. She can't eat grass. She can't nurse her baby. Uh, that's how bad the drought is. Ufroim and Apera uh, is the wild donkey, the um, Asian wild donkey that uh, is native to the um, land of Israel. And these donkeys also, they don't have water. Amdu al-Shifayim, they are standing on on the uh, high places, on the mountains. Shu'afu ruachatanim, and they are, they are smelling the air like like jackals, um, tanim, we've had this word several times, and as there are dogs who sniff the air to try to find their prey, and now usually these donkeys can just easily graze on the grass, but there's so little grass that they're also standing there sniffing the air, trying to see if they can smell a place where there might be food. Kolue nehem, their eyes are are um, exhausted. Nasev, they're looking and looking, and their eyes are just tired from looking. And 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 uh, because there is no grass to eat, and then the people start to pray, and in many ways the people are suffering this terrible drought that we just described, and the people pray. Um, but there's some interesting things. The prayer sounds like, to some degree, like a beautiful prayer, and we'd expect that people pray to God, God should respond. But this prayer is missing something, and I'm going to point out what it's missing. And it's also, um, uh, it doesn't work. And we'll see that in a moment. So we're at verse 7 now. People turn to God and they say, God, if it is our sins that that is causing this, that anuvanu that, that literally means they that are speaking about us or testifying against us. If it's our sins that are before you saying that we deserve this punishment, then don't do it for us, do it for you. Because we have rebelled so much against you, we have sinned to you. So this is good. This is a start. The people are recognizing that they have sinned, and they and they ask God and say, "Do it in in for you, in your honor, not for us, because we don't deserve it. We understand that we don't deserve it." Mikvei Yisrael, and the people address God and say, "God, you are the one whom the is the hope of Israel has always been in you." Moshi God, you are the one that has always saved the people of Israel in times of of suffering. Why are you acting as if you are a stranger in this land? We're supposed to get preferential treatment, the people of Israel are saying. You're supposed to save us like you did from Egypt and like you've done so many times. And now you're acting like a stranger in this land, like you don't belong here. You're acting like a guest that just stopped over here for a night to sleep but not like the God of Israel who lives here and resides here and takes care of us. Why are you acting like a man who is stunned? The people are talking to God. Like a person who is like a, 
deer in the headlights kind of stunned who can't do anything and is just frozen. Kigibar, or like you're acting like a, a powerful person, that can't step in and do anything. So imagine a... Um, uh, like a bouncer at a nightclub or something, a powerful guy, and there's a fight and he just doesn't intervene, he doesn't do anything, he doesn't stop, he doesn't save the person that's being struck or beaten. And you, God, you are among us. And your name has been called upon us. Everyone knows that we are the nation of God. Don't forget us, don't leave us. So the people's prayer was, was, had some good points here. But they didn't, it doesn't state here that they are going to um, abandon the idols or the evil ways. They didn't say, they, they recognize their mistakes, but there's nothing in here that hints that, um, that they're actually going to change. There's nothing in here that says, and we're going to do this, what we're going to do about it. It's as if they're having faith in the prayer alone, but forgetting the fact that they actually need action. The prayer is good. The remorse over their evil is good, but there's no, there's no promise to action. As we know in, um, in, and from the laws of repentance, you know, as delineated in the Talmud and by Maimonides, that uh, uh, repentance has three parts. There's vidoy, which means admitting that you were wrong, Charata, which means regretting the fact that you were wrong, and Kabbalah, which means accept, excuse me, accepting upon yourself to do better. And this had a vidui; they recognized their mistakes. Possibly, you can say there was a charata, there was a regret. Maybe, not so clear, but presumably, at least uh, you know, in this situation of drought. But there's no Kabbalah; there's no acceptance of changing their ways of doing better. And then, what does God say? God's answer in verse 10 is, forget it. I'm not listening. Why? Because, um, so says God to this nation, Yes, you guys love so much to go wander around and looking to all the idols and all the other countries. Your, your feet, you have not stopped from walking to every other direction besides God. God doesn't want them any want them in this state at all. now Now I'm going to remember their sins. And remember, Yermiel has said many times how the people have had so many chances and God has punished them in a smaller way and they haven't gotten the message. And God has destroyed the northern kingdom and they still haven't gotten the message. And now there's this drought and they still don't get the message. Despite this wonderful prayer, they still they still wandering to the idols, they're still wandering, their, their legs are still taking them to other places besides God. So forget it. And God said to me, now it's the prophet speaking himself, God said to me, don't even pray in behalf of this nation for their benefit. Don't pray anymore, because forget it. They, when they fast, and any shomea in other they fast and pray. I'm not going to listen to their prayers. If they're going to bring sacrifices and and um, meal offerings of grain, and any rotsam, I don't want them. I'm going to destroy them by sword, by hunger, and by plague. That is how I'm going to destroy them.
the Omar, and then I said, Aha, Adonai Elohim. This is seen as a kind of a defense. You know, Jeremiah the prophet just heard this terrible declaration from God. I'm not listening to their prayers. Forget it. And don't even pray yourself, God said. So I said, I'm, you know, most of the commentaries understand this as a defense. He's saying, God, what's, what's, aha, whoa, wait, wait, wait a second, right? Uh, these false prophets are Omer Milohem are going around and telling these people you're not going to have a sword you're not going to have any more hunger it's all going to be fine it's all going to get better they're saying I'm going to give you a true long lasting peace that's what I'm going to give you here in Israel in other words you're not going to have hunger you're not going to have disease and you're going to remain right here you're not even going to you're not going to be exiled nothing so all these false prophets are walking around telling them this. So why are so? How could you blame them? How could you blame the people? This is the way most of the uh, commentaries understand this verse here: is that Jeremiah is speaking up in their defense. I have a, a little bit of a different suggestion, but um, I'm going to wait to read verse 14 and then I'll say what my suggestion is. Verse 14 it says, And then God responded to me and said, These prophets are saying falsehood in my name. I never sent them. I never commanded them to say that. I never even spoke to them. They're not prophets. Their visions are visions of falsehood. They are full of just um, uh, divinations. You know they they have they're just nonsense. The Elil and they're full and I and and empty and lying and worship and Elil is an idol. The Tarmitli bum and they're just the things that they imagined on their own. They they just dig up these things in their own devious minds. Hamam is Nabim Lachem. They are the ones who are saying all of these prophecies to you guys. Now it doesn't assuming that the that the correct understanding is, is that the Yermio was defending the people when he mentioned the false prophets. This God's answer doesn't make that much sense because God doesn't answer the, that that charge. God said God identifies that they were false, but but still, the, how could you blame the people? Go ahead and kill all of the false prophets, but why the people? So I just wanted to suggest another possible understanding. Is that what Yermio was, in his great humility, was wondering if maybe some of these prophets might actually have some, some truth to them. In other words, what Yermio was actually telling God was, Aha, wait a minute, God. All of these prophets are walking around. All of these leaders, remember we said, that, you know, the kings, the noblemen, the prophets, the priests, all of them were walking around telling everyone, don't worry, everything's fine. They were all false prophets. And Yermio was doubting himself. God, is is it possible that maybe there's something to it? Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not gonna destroy them. Maybe there's some truth to it. And then God reassures him in the answer. Now the answer makes a lot of sense. God reassures him and says, No, 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 no. It's it's all it's all sheker, it's all absolutely false, it's all nonsensical divination, it's all things that they imagined on their own. What I'm telling you, says God, is the truth. And therefore, as we go on to verse 15, Lachem, therefore, Kolmar Adonai, therefore, so says God, Al Hanavim, regarding those terrible, those prophets, Hanibim Bishmi, the ones that are saying things in my name, Vanilo Shalachtim, but it's not true, and I never really sent them. Vehema Omrim, and they're saying, Cherverov, Loyeba, it says also that there will not be any, 
any uh, war or famine in this land. What's going to happen is it, in exactly in famine and in war, those prophets are going to be killed and going to lose their lives via Am and the nation and the nation to whom they say all these false prophecies. They are all. They are going to be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem, because of the hunger. They're going to be wandering the streets looking for food, and because of the sword, which is going to chase them out of their homes, and unfor- and, and and kill them. It will be so bad that they won't even be able to, no one be around to bury them. Hema them and Shem and their wives of Naam and their sons of Nasam and their daughters of Shafakti Alayam at their awesome I'm gonna pour upon them their own wickedness. In other words, because of their own wickedness, I'm going to pour this anger out upon them. I want you to tell them as follows. And how should why is it that people are responsible in uh, because because you are bringing them the message of truth. And therefore, I want you to tell them this. And to say it as follows. Again, it was a reference to why the, the, this prophet is always uh, associated with his tears, with his crying. My eyes are pouring and flowing with tears. And um, they don't stop. Because such a terrible, terrible disaster. Nishbara has broken Besulat Batami, my beautiful, beautiful people. Remember, Besulat Batami is a language, or Batami is a language that of, of endearment of the Prophet to his people. And is, remember how striking this is, how much he loves his people, despite the fact that the people are, are not listening to his message. And even worse, they're making him suffer and even conspiring to kill him. But my people have been struck with with a terribly awful uh, illness. That's just so, 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 so terrible. A terribly awful either wound or illness. If I go out to the fields, this is Yirmiyahu, the prophet, looking into the future and seeing the vision of this oncoming war and also seeing what he's seeing at the time of this prophecy, which he's seeing this hunger. And when I come to the city and and I see people that are sick with hunger, and this last, even the prophets and even the priests, they are wandering around the land, and they do not know. Now, there's that's a very kind of, this, this, this verse is difficult to interpret. And I'm going to tell you um, really, I guess, four different ways that I've seen and that the commentaries approach this this verse and it and somewhat to some extent it, it hinges on how you translate the word key here now the hebrew word key can be used as it's a connector word and it can be used in different contexts but here it's either it could mean as the english word as or it can mean because and i'll read the verse and you'll see first i'm going to read it in the way that the mitsudos reads it and it would be as follows. If I go out into the, I'm crying, crying so hard because if I, when I go out to the fields, I see the people dying and in the cities, I see people dying. Key, um, because the, even the prophets and the priests were, um, were going around, were wandering around the land 
right, and telling people falseness, the lo yado, and the people didn't 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 know this or they didn't recognize this or they didn't accept this. So it's 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 giving a reason. I see all this destruction because their leaders and the priests and the and the false prophets were sacharolas were wandering around. That would be one way of understanding this verse. And that's how the Mitsudos understands it. The way the JPS translation reads, which is pretty consistent with the way Rashi explains it, would be another way to understand it, and it would be as follows. If I um if I, I, I'm crying because I'm going out in the field and I see this, the people dying and I see in the cities all this destruction. Key, gam as as I also see as I also see that the priests and the leaders have been exiled and sacharu alerts. They're wandering around the land do and they don't even know or understand why because they were so ignorant that they were so unwilling to, to, to recognize their mistakes that after all this destruction, even the people are dying, everyone's dying, and the priests and the leaders are just wandering around the land as if just dumbstruck because they don't understand at what, they, what they did wrong. They're still unwilling to recognize their errors. The Radak reads this a little bit differently um, as, uh, as the, it's saying over here that the... There's all this destruction happening, be and and uh, the as the priests and the leaders have already went into exile, and even in exile, lo yado, they don't understand what's going on. Another way, the targum is um, is kind of a um, uh, uh, is using it as a because the targum is a fourth way of understanding this. And he and he and he reads this as because the pre, the reason why the people were so bad and never got the message was was partly at least because the leaders Sakharul Eretz wandering around are completely unaware of what was going on. So those are just different ways of understanding this verse. So let's move on to to nineteen because here this is kind of powerful. It's very powerful because God just told Yirmiyahu the prophet, "Do not pray." Forget it. The people don't get the message. Don't pray. But here the prophet goes ahead and prays anyway. And we're about to read these next few verses is the prophet's prayer. So the prophet starts by saying, God, have you completely rejected the people of Judah? Have you been so disgusted by them that you're completely rejected them? Are you now disgusted with Zion? Zion is your city. You're now disgusted with it. And here the prophet includes himself with the people. He always includes himself with the people. Why have you struck us? And there's no way for us to heal. You've given us this terrible illness and we have no healing. Why is it that we're hoping for peace? We're still hoping for peace. However, no good is coming. We're hoping for healing, and instead we find horror and terror. God, we know, we know, remember? The people just came to you and said they understand that they made a mistake. We know the sins of our forefathers. We as a people have sinned to you. And then he goes on to pray, right? Don't, don't get rid of us. Because in order, in honor of your own name, in other words, God, don't 
don't throw us away. We're your people. Not because we deserve it, but because we're your people. Don't make your throne of honor. The kingdom that you established, the kingdom that's supposed to bring you honor, don't make it, don't be disgusted, don't make it into something lowly. Don't, um, I see in the translation, dishonor it. Remember it, God. Remember, please don't break the covenant that you have made with us. And then he goes on to say, this is where your miyahu is pointing out something different that when the people prayed, they didn't point this out. The people didn't didn't finish by saying their in their prayer, and we are now going to reject the other gods. But Yirmiyahu does when the prophet prays. He says, "We know that everything else that the people go to is baloney, is nothing, is zero. Hayesh hagohim makshimim is in all of the nonsense." nonsensical uh, philosophies and ideas and idols of the of all of the nations is there any of them that actually have power to bring rain can the skies of themselves bring rain showers in other words the people that worship the sun and the moon and the stars can they do actually do anything they have no power we know they have no power only you do hello you are our God, and we hope for your saving because we know that you're the only one that can actually do these things. You're the one that created the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, the heavens, the rain. You're the one that created all of that. Everything else is nothing. This is where Yermiyahu's prayer went to the step that the people's prayer didn't take. The people were willing to pray to God. They were willing to recognize that they were doing something wrong, but then they didn't take the other step and say, that they weren't gonna, they were no longer gonna follow after all of the idols. They were no longer going to go after their their bad ways. Yermio takes that extra step and says, "God, rescue us and save us, because all of that stuff is nothing, and you're the only one." In the next chapter, we're gonna continue and uh, see what God's answer to Yermio's prayer is. Thank you so much for studying chapter 14 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 15 together as well.